Hey, uh, listen, uh, you know, I, I saw the rest of that movie, The Other Side of Darkness. The coma lady wakes up at the end. Oh, I wanted to see that. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I didn't know it was possible to come out of a coma. I didn't know it was possible not to know that. April 14th, 2013. Hello, everybody. And my nose is kind of running. I don't know. What? Hi. This is how you start an episode, with and my nose is kind of running. Look, I'm starting it the way I'm starting every Why day of my existence yelling? with allergies. Oh my god, you're so loud. Look, I'm just matching your waveforms. Take it down a I notch. am matching. No, you're not. Matching. Look at, look at that. You're matching. like six decibels higher. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, you were. Actually, okay, maybe three or four. Oh, but no one will know because I'll fix it when I mix it. Oh, oh, will you? No, you won't. I will so. No. I fix big spikes like that so yeah, people's ears don't get blown off. Yeah. How about we talk some news? News? I like news. News, news, news. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. It depends on the news, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, we should mention that two days ago was the 50th episode of Seminar, so that is a big milestone for that show. 50, wow. Awesome, totally awesome. It's our third show to make it there after Dixie and Kingery. So yes, congratulations to congratulations all the writers and directors and Tons and tons of dozens of writers. And me. <laughs> I work on it too, so Dozens see? of writers and actors and all the directors and everybody, yes, that have made that show possible. That's super, super awesome. Thank you. And there was an anniversary reel that went up with it, uh, too, this past Friday. You can listen to uh, people sending in congrats for the show and talking about it a bit. So mm -hmm. that's a pretty cool thing. And you we can said check out. some things, too. We did. We did. We were kind of sleepy for it, but, you know, we were always like, oh, we're so tired. So I'm not going to say that again. We even though I just sleepy. said it. So we were a little sleepy. We were? A little bit. I said you were boring. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I just wanted to remind people that this year's Pendant Picnic is on Sunday, June 16th. So if you'd like to come, shoot me an email at jeffrey at pendantaudio.com and I can give you the details and we will hope to see you there. Yes. Open to everybody, whether you work for Pendant or you're just a listener and would like to stop by and meet people. That's all cool. Just let us know. Yep. It will be in Los Angeles. So, you know, you would have to be in the Southern California area. Yeah. That would be helpful. For the picnicking. For the picnicking, yes. Um, last week, uh, Tabula Rasa episodes one and two were aired on the Sonic Society. Oh. We've had a few of our shows air on their program before, which goes out on uh, actual radio up in Canada, so that's pretty cool. Yes, broadcast. Yes, actual broadcast, so that is very cool. Thanks very much to jack ward and the folks at the sonic society for putting tabula rasa on there and getting it some more exposure that's very awesome mm -hmm. and all of the edits are now in on all henderson and Havner scripts that's right we're continuing to move forward they have all now been finalized and actually by the time this airs i've probably started contacting people and getting things going into production, so that is very cool. As soon as we have more information on when it might be airing, we'll let you know. But it is actually going into production now and out of the script stage, so that is awesome. Very awesome. Totally Yay. awesome. And the only other thing I was going to... Wow, I ran all those words together, didn't it? I'm still doing it! Are you all right? <laughs> calm down. The Just calm down. Okay. Other thing. I was going to say. Yes. I'm trying very hard to not run my words together. Now, oh, oh, oh. Is that we still have the uh, mailbag submission form on the TWIP page on our website. If you have general pendant questions uh, or questions for people in pendant that you'd like to ask that uh, maybe you don't want to submit for a interview or you missed their interview, but you had a question for somebody, you can submit them there and, and learn about pendant and people if you like. That's cool. Yeah, and we'll talk about them here. Right, and that you can find at PendantAudio.com slash twip.php. Look at you mouthing me when I'm saying that. You're mouthing all the words I'm saying. Well, you weren't. Oh, dear. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> From America's Georgia. We have <laughs> Jason R. Wallace on the line. Hello, Jason. Hello, Jordan. <laughs> Brain, stop working for a moment. 
Well, these things happen. Yeah, it's been a I don't, long day. <laughs> I, I, I don't hold it against you. It's been a long day for all of us. Yeah. So how how are things down in Georgia? It's, um, well, you know, it was weird for a little while uh, this month and the last because it was cold and rainy and windy. It was very unlike the, you know, traditional image of our state being uh, muggy and terribly oppressive. But thankfully, it's come back to that and we can all rejoice again. That it's uh, ball smeltingly hot. Thank you so much. Now I'm I'm up in Atlanta, and I know that come springtime we get our you know annual spring um, torrential downpours. Oh yes, yes, yes. So yeah, the mugginess shall continue until we flood. I, I'm surprised. I'm evil. I'm even able to. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm evil. Yes, I, well, no, I'm not surprised by that. A little Freudian there. <laughs> yes, I, I'm surprised I'm able to speak at all with the amount of moisture in the air. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there will be no pauses for drinks of water then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, as usual, we have questions from the community, from the pendulums that are out there, and I've got a, a couple thrown in for, for myself. Ah, the swingers. Yes. Yes. Um, so, um, let's just jump right into Tabula Rasa. All right. Our, our new show, new-ish show now. Um, we're up to episode four, five, four. Hmm. Just came out. Where are we at? I'm thinking in terms of episodes I've recorded. So, I, hold five. on. Five. Five, yes. Five. five has been released. A Lurking Jealousy Even of Death. Which is um, just a marvelous title. Yes. Just, it, it's almost, um, it's just so ballsy, you know? <laughs> a lurking jealousy, even of death. Well, if you didn't like long titles, here's one for you, you know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Jack for throwing that in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's been a fun ride so far. Your character's oh. turning out to be multifaceted first you know from when i listened to it i got the sense okay here's the classic bad guy oh wait he's not so classic and then all these other side things started showing up so if you out there haven't listened to it yet stop this right now go listen to it and come back and we'll we'll keep going because you know we're recorded it's okay we'll wait (laughs) It will now be a 40-minute period of awkward silence. <laughs> I'll play a little organ music in the background. Yeah, well, you know, um, I I thought uh, in the beginning, uh, sort of from the get-go uh, at the uh, sort of au- the au- audition page, I thought I was going to be playing your standard um, kind of, I-, I wouldn't say exactly mustache twirling, but, you know, your, your, your standard villain. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the more the more scripts I got, the more I, I I was able to read, the more I realized that this was yes, indeed, going to be a a a multifaceted character, a character who you know wasn't um, was really human in his uh, villainous nature, right? It, it was it's prompted by um, forces and pressures and stresses that most of us wouldn't you know ever experience, and so and that started to inform where the uh, where the voice was going and where the character as a whole was going for me. So mm-hmm. yeah. so what, since you brought up the voice, what inspired the, the voice you do for Ganymede? Well, I've got a couple of uh, my uh, acting professor calls it uh, work shirts, right? Sort of these, these roles and these, specifically these voices that, you know, you do just you're particularly... Uh, well trained in it, or you just you just have a lot of a, a big body of experience in doing that particular role or voice or whatever. Um, and I've got a couple of those, and one of them is my um, sort of smooth, urbane kind of voice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I knew that um, based on uh, just the l- little bit that was on the audition page for for Tabula Rasa that I wanted to use that voice for Ganymede, but. I wanted to modify it just slightly um, and I was having trouble, um, you know, getting to that point. So I thought, okay, well, let's just, 
let's just do this literally. Okay, I'm going to go and look up. Um, I, I knew that Ganymede uh, was uh, a moon, a, a moon of Jupiter, right? So um, I, I went to look up specifically sort of the the properties of Ganymede, right? You know, sort of the, you know, some basic um, astronomical information and just, you know, try to scour the articles and stuff like that and see something that jumped out at me. And basically the, the first paragraph says, okay, it's, it's, um, it's cold, right? Mm-hmm. And it has a, you know, a, a, a fairly strong uh, magnetic presence. And so I said, okay, uh, I'm going to take those things and internalize them and uh, use them to, sort of modify this stock kind of urbane sophisticated voice and you know that's how i ended up with um uh with with ganymede because you i I started from a base of um that traditional what i call my peter o'toole voice which is very (laughs) yeah which is very specifically um upper crust british and yeah 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 which, uh, which, I mean, well, I guess that's a good segue to something farther down the podcast. But, you know, it's just that sort of voice where you just have a particular kind of... Um, it's it's a voice that, not, you know, the character is not necessarily um, sophisticated, but it, it it sort of projects that air, you know, and so you have that... I, I was taking that, right, and then I brought it down to make it, you know, sort of more... Uh, almost like a sort of a syrupy quality to it very very you know sickly sweet uh then i added the uh, sort of the coldness and the magnetic sort of nature and that's just how the how the voice ended up and of course that's after i scaled back the the british dialect you can't really i mean that it, it wasn't particularly working so i just kept trace elements in there in fact when i was talking to um uh jack and anna and you know all all them about just starting the character. I asked them if it was okay if I was doing this sort of vaguely European kind of touch to the character, and they they said that was fine. And of course now, you know, in in conversation with Jack, he says for, you know the reason you know the the voice that I was using has now affected the way he writes the character. So I like to think it's a little more suited for the voice now than it was say in the first episode or so. Sure, and and you don't often get astrophysics. And Peter O'Toole in the same conversation. <laughs> yes, no, you don't. But uh... unless you go back to that movie, that super movie from back in the day. Well, <laughs> I, it's. Um, I, I know this sounds. This wasn't, um, you know, uh, a a process that I set up and you know checked off all the boxes and said this is exactly what I'm going to do. It was more. Of an, of an organic thing, just, you know, sort of trying and testing and probing and stuff like that. The, the, I guess the way that I laid it out, it sounds a little bit too pretentious. Like, oh, no, this is how I do all of my roles, you see. I go and I look up the chemical properties of things, and then I internalize them, and I make them part of my soul, and then out pours the voice. I don't know how it happens. You know, it's just, I, I'm sorry if I gave anyone that impression. I just, <laughs> it was tough, so I had to go do homework, you know. Yeah. So, Ganymede, I think, has become a lot more human over the last, especially the last couple episodes, I think, that have come out. Yes. It's very much so. Yeah, and I've tried to, you know, in, in reading the scripts, I've tried to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the first episode, and I, I can remember listening, you know, I, I, I went back uh, and listened to the... Um, the audition reel that I made for Ganymede and he's, I'm just talking so slowly and so, you know, so almost, um, you know, the, the, the evil is approaching snidely whiplash levels. And I'm like, this is not, this is a little too hammy. This is not working. So I scaled that back. And then, you know, the more we, we read about, you know, Ganymede's life and how that intersects with, you know the people of Oregon Sea and with um, uh, Lakeisha specifically and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that that started to make me um, dial down the sort of theatricality even further. And so now we've arrived at this place where um, 
he's very he's very very clearly a a, a magnetic and to some degree theatrical presence. But uh, you see those little glimmers of humanity and dealing with the kids and so on. You know. Uh, which is which is hard for me because I'm not really a family person and I don't have any kids of my own and all that such so, you know. Oh, it's fun. Was, Just wait. Yes. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think my impression of Ganymede in the first maybe two episodes was he's you know all business even when he came home, and you you found out how he was related to Oregon C. It it still was business that that business end of not evil but you know yes. of what whatever it is that's going on from the mysterious voice um and then i think i remember or and maybe i'm just making it up in my head but i seem to remember there was a call with the mysterious voice you finish the call and you're like oh god almost yes, I, and I, I, I think that's where the the first inklings for me anyway of his humanity kind of started coming out. Right. It's it very much um, uh, the voice over the phone is that sort of dangling sword, you know, right. And, and mm-hmm. I think the character of Ganymede feels that very intensely. And so that sort of prompts in him that kind of business, like that cold efficiency, which I guess, you know, if you're, if you lack the perspective, if you don't, see those strings being pulled, you would think, oh, this guy's just, just a completely evil character, just one, you know, one, one dimensional. He's the guy that, you know, is there to ruin everybody's lives. But really, uh, he's almost sort of the bug pinned to the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this, um, there's this clear, um, danger, uh, to uh, some part of him, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whether we're talking in practical terms about, you know, with his life or so on, if we're talking about psychological terms about being just sort of um, uh, bullied and pressured and so on, and all these things start to just compound on one another and create that, you know, that that very business-like attitude, like, this is, I, I must do this, and this is my job, and so I'm going to do it as as coldly and cruelly as I possibly can, you know. <laughs> So he's got a lot of meat. Yes, and I'm I'm very excited. Um, the farther we get into the show, to see, you know, how how much of that gets opened up, and where this character can go, so that he doesn't end up becoming, you know, the villain of the show, or you know, just simply a bad guy. You know. Mm-hmm. Not not that I don't have fun playing those roles, but I don't think Ganymede is that person. And I'm and I'm glad to know that Jack also understands that, and is writing the character that way. Yeah, there are very few good villains who are evil for evil's sake. Yes, right. Um, that's um, I, I had I had an issue with this because um, I, I played uh, Richard the Third last year, and uh, I, I did a stage adaptation of the show, and. Um, it, the 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 tone and the presentation of the show was very much overtly theatrical and um, you know it, it wasn't um, measured and sort of psychologically focused in, in in the way that you might understand most sort of modern theater right you know mm-hmm. um, so that that was an instance for me where I had to sort of abandon my initial impulse to be you know um more human and more relatable and more very clearly um you know understandable in in uh motivational terms and just sort of throw 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 all that out the window and go i'm just going to be overtly evil for evil's sake you know i i don't i don't think that's I don't think that's bad, you know. There are there are a couple of villains that are just evil, and it's just for the hell of it, and they're fascinating to watch, surely because they're so um, theatrical and and, uh, and sometimes mercurial, you know. They just they're this presence, and you know you you can't look away from them. Um, but I'm glad that Ganymede is not one of those people. You know? yeah, those are the ones you love to hate, right? Yes. While while Ganymede is somebody that very clearly has done 
you know, terrible things and will continue to do terrible things. But the more we dig in, the more we realize it's not so, you know, black and white here. There are, you know, you, you start to put yourself uh, in a similar position. You know, if I were being threatened, if I, you know, if, if I felt that sword above my head, you know, wouldn't I try to do some of the same things? You know, are, are we are we really all so, you know, Yeah, yeah. Are, are, are we really also morally? Do we, have, do we have such moral fortitude, really? Right. You know. Yeah, that's a tough thing. It's it's easy to say. Oh yeah, I do the right thing, but exactly. Yeah. When push comes to shove, yeah. you know, when when real things like lives are on the line, and and like you said, most of us will never actually experience something like that. I actually, um, just because of the um, uh, the production schedule of the show, there's an episode that hasn't come out yet, um, wherein I have a another humanizing moment. You know, I, I can't I can't speak too much about it. Obviously, I can't. There right. be uh, spoilers, but um, this is that, that's this is just another. You'll 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 hear it. This is just another great example of you know um, Jack being able to throw these humanizing elements in there and showing you that Ganymede is not just a, a, a cold bastard. He is a cold, motivated bastard and motivated for reasons that you wouldn't expect. So, Right. Yeah. Some of the other characters are, are starting to show that they're, they're more than just window dressing or you know, secondary characters like um, your son. Yes. It'll be with what the direction he's going it'll be interesting to see how Ganymede interacts with him right on on that level and and how that and on that topic because we know where his mother stands as we've been listening to the episodes so so it's a yeah this is a this is a perfect this is exactly what this, this is what you wanted Jack this is exactly what you wanted you know you're in you're in the first season and we're already talking about okay where do we go from here where's yeah. the fun you know like this this is all leading uh, we're on the we're on the roller coaster we're getting to the top come on let's go you know yeah so I think that's mission accomplished there but I'll give a, a slight golf clap to Jack there. definitely so Moving on from from Tabula Rasa, um, because we could probably talk all night on on this show. Oh sure, yeah. Um, seminar. Ah yes, seminar. My first love. <laughs> so when when did you start with seminar? Well, um, you know, I can't even remember how I got to the audition page for seminar number 43 and that that was the episode i can't remember the episode the title of the whole episode but i remember the short being titled uh, no place like home it was one of frank harbuck's um shorts it was a fairly traditional western right mm-hmm. um and, and i i don't know exactly how i got there if it was from say the vaa or if i was just searching for voice acting parts and just stumbled onto the page and you know, I, I saw I saw the website, and it, it looked like an interesting or- organization. <laughs> it is, um, and um, I just decided to just just give it a shot because I had um, I hadn't done voice acting for a while. I I did some amateur stuff in 2007. I, I think I was using a rock band microphone at the time. You know, which is I mean, you look back at it, it's like oh, I was a caveman. Um, but. Well, I, Honestly, that microphone for for a toy microphone is is all right. It does a pretty good, do, do, do a pretty decent job, you know. Anyway, um, you know, I I done stuff 2007, but during the summer of 2011, I started to get back into really trying to do voice acting more regularly. I saved up and I bought my blue snowball and all my stuff, and I said, okay, we're going to get started. And somehow I stumbled onto the the audition page for 43, and I, you know, I thought, why not? I'll give it a go. And sure enough, I was uh, cast as Jack Harris, and um, that's how it all started. I, I got cast in that. 
uh, people seem to respond well to, respond well to that, and you know I got a you know more and more seminar episodes, and then Tabula Rasa came along, and well there you go. So. And now uh, seminar has at the time of this recording is about to release episode fifty, a big milestone for for shows and pendant, and you are intimately involved with episode fifty. Oh yes, yes I am intimately. Yes, um, it's it's as as I as I say in the um, the and the anniversary reel that's 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 coming out soon. Um, it's amazing that that seminar has gotten to fifty episodes. All right, that sounds so. Yeah, it's amazing. It's gotten to 50, no. Um, it's 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 remarkable because it's such a strong show, and for it to have maintained that you know, quality and sort of interesting nature about it for 50 solid, individual, well-produced episodes is, is, a, is an achievement. It should be applauded. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm, I'm so happy. And, and many of those, uh, the vast majority are actually two different stories. Exactly. Yeah. So have, to have that much material in it and for it to all, you know, um, flow together so well is that, that, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, um, it is pendant's crowning achievement, but that's got to be, you know, that's that's got to be numbered in there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So um, I'm 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 very excited to not only have acted uh, in that in that episode, but to have written the feature short in that, um, which was um, uh, a fun process because it was originally a much longer play, so it was hard to adapt it into the audio format without making some significant changes. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure you get into that in, in significant detail, or by the time people are listening to this, had gotten into that in significant detail in the commentary. Yes, Paul and I discussed um, just a little bit about how the, the original script was a, a, a one-act play, and it was more suited to... Um, being done, you know, in in a theater, and and very obviously about the aesthetics of stage work, and um, about it, about entertainment in that space, and sort of all the assumptions that you bring to that, and so having to sort of port it, so to speak, to to seminar and make it an audio play, I had to, I basically had to change the ending, and mm. um, you know, uh, start to take some of those more overtly theatrical elements out of it and make it more of a supernatural tale as opposed to a almost a, sort of like a, a stoppered-like examination of, you know, art in the theater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, if you'll, if you'll listen to the, to the commentary on episode 50, you'll get more information about that. So. One of the things that um, I found interesting was... There, there's definitely hints of, and, and I know you talk about this, um, hints of uh, what it relates back to, what it's analogous to. Right, yes. And it's, I was describing this to a colleague of mine at work today, um, and I said, you see it coming. I mean, you see the analogy there, uh, the analogs there, but it's just, it's written so well and it's delivered so well you, it's it becomes not hey what's about to happen and what does it all mean more about wow this is you know the delivery is just spot on and and I think it's you know true of everybody that's involved in that that production yeah I, I uh, Paul sent me the final uh, mix uh, not too long ago, and I listened to it, and I was just—I I was so impressed. I, I, um, it, it all came together so well. Um, the 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 actors um, were spot on. Uh, the I remember sending him a note like, "Your these sound effects are perfect. How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was the exact noise I wanted. I that's amazing. You just pulled them out of my head. Yeah, um, yeah. That that it's just all come come together so well and I'm glad that um, it has come together so well for Seminar 50 because I feel like it should be a 
a signpost. You know what I mean? If you if you want to, yeah. you know, if if you want to get in the seminar and you haven't gotten here yet, here's a great episode fifty. Boom, get started, get involved. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm I I sort of thank you for the uh, the uh, kind words there. I, I tried to make it. I, I tried to write it in. Um, a, a very careful fashion so as not to, you know, put that uh, that analogy, that frame right in your face and say, okay, this is definitely, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to talk about, and you better like it because we're going along. You know, I tried to make it, I, as, as I say to Paul in, in the commentary, I believe I, I, I basically write dialogues um, and then sort of the the other elements of the story you know the plot and uh, the thematic concerns and things like that just sort of spin out of that um i i, I basically just think that i can i write good back and forth between people and then mm-hmm. i sort of drape things on top of that to make it a, a functioning story like you can't just have people talking to each other even though that's basically what a story is i mean really but um you know so i I, I was very conscious of that in 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 the writing to make sure that all of these little um, uh, references and uh, um, subtle offhand remarks and things like that were carefully nestled in the script so that you were getting almost subconsciously that sense of that you know that analogy that frame that structure but you were still enjoying it for the hell of it you know yes yeah and when you talk about the dialogue the dialogue really especially at the end is a lot of fun <laughs> to listen to yes I, I, I tried to <laughs> it's um, there's a pretty good uh, I, I, I don't want to spoil it but yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's that, all I'm gonna say on it right yeah that last paragraph um, you know when um, when it, it, there's a there's a great joke in there that I still laugh at I think I, I, I think I, I think I did a pretty good job crafting that what if I do say so myself I don't want to toot my own horn but that was it pretty was fun. Good. Yeah, um, I, I I like to think that I have a handle on that kind of snappy, quippy kind of fun dialogue, and so um, you know that that was something I knew. If the rest of the like you know the thematic concerns and sort of the basic thread of the plot didn't do you any good, like if you didn't really care for it, mm-hmm. at least the dialogue is punchy enough so that you're having a good time. Right. You know? Right. That yeah. And, and it was. Um, so, again, this is something we could probably go on and on about, just but want to leave people to be able to listen to it. Oh, yes, right. Actually listen to it. Don't listen yes. to us listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely um, worthy of being Seminar 50. And I am very glad that uh, that I hope that's the general consensus because I tried to do, you know, a, a real good job with it. Um, I just just on on the writing alone, and then when I knew, but then when um, uh, Jeffrey told me that it was going to be in seven hour fifty, I was like, oh wait, oh god, and now it has to be. Oh god, I hope it was good enough. <laughs> uh, that that's a uh, that's a lot of weight on my shoulders there. Thanks, yeah. Jeff. Uh, I appreciate that. But you know, it, it seems to it seems to be working out. So you know, I've, I've heard I've heard nothing but good things from from people who have have heard it or have read the script and so on. So, so are there going to be more? Yes, actually. Um, awesome. I wrote uh, a uh, comedy. I'm not going to say too much about it, and this title might change because I'm not terribly comfortable with it yet. But I, I wrote a comedy piece called "Come Lightly to the Blank Page." Um, and I just submitted it uh, to um, the Bridges, um, I think, uh, well, yesterday, two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be in the editing back and forth soon, and hopefully it'll show up on the seminar listing uh, eventually. So. Cool. Very cool. Um, so you, you're, you're writing more shorts. Um, yes. The The one for... Seminar 50, you said, came from a, a one-act play that you wrote. Yes. Um, so what what got you into writing? Well, um, back in my um, high school days, and I, I can hear the groans already, okay. Um, 
back in my high school days, um, I intended to be um, a writer. Um, I didn't have any interest in um, acting. That 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 world wasn't you know mine yet. Uh, I, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't have any inkling of that. Um, I just felt like I wanted to make a, a as distinct artistic contribution. Uh, it sounds pretentious, but you know that, that's what I wanted at the time. You know, sure. and I wanted to be a novelist. You know, not necessarily write the great American novel, but you know, write a books. good American novel. It's a good, yes. Well, a a decent American novel, a a a, a an American novel that you wouldn't um, immediately burn. Right, that's that one. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that, that that was my initial intention, but, um, and and so I started writing, you know, short stories and things like that. I was I, I read a lot of. Um, I had an eclectic sort of reading list when I was a, when I was younger. I I would read um, Stephen King, you know. Naturally, I would read um, sort of um, you know more thorny science fiction. I would be reading psychology textbooks and you know just just the weirdest things, you know, and and trying to synthesize all that. So I would write the occasional uh, horror story or you know sort of clever poems and stuff like that and. Um, Eventually, I started to watch more, you know, uh, quippy British television and so on and so forth. And all that stuff just started to congeal. And eventually, I got involved in the drama program at at, at my high school. And that took off completely and sort of put my writing career, so to speak, my writing aspirations on the back burner. So I said, okay, I'll I'll write occasionally in my spare time or whatever. I'll write a poem or what have you, or a short story. But I'm focusing on this. I'm doing the stage work now. Um but in college, um, I finally got a chance to. Well, it was a special topics course called, you know, playwriting. You had to write a play, um, and um, you know, it didn't have to be. A, it had to be a certain um, length and a certain you know structure and stuff like that. But I got into it because I thought, you know, I haven't I haven't written anything substantial in a while. Let's let's give it a shot. See if these gears are still turning. Um, and I rediscovered my love of creating, you know, quippy, fun dialogue and, you know, making these interesting little scenarios. And, the, you know, the, 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 the one-act play spun out of that. And then out of that, I decided, okay, let's adapt it for Pendant because they, they made a call for scripts sometime during the summer. And, you know, they're, they're here, here we are now. So. All right. And what got That's you... A little- that's a little meandering. I apologize for that. <laughs> Look, we all we all have our paths. I was pre-med, and now I'm in software quality assurance. And that you went to a meandering the path to get me from one to the other. That is a very large leap, sir. Yeah, it, and in some and in some regards, it's not. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Story That's an interesting conversation. Yeah. We'll have that after the show. Yes, but this is your interview. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yes. So, uh, you've got any more questions you'd like to ask me? <laughs> so, that's right. how you got into writing, I guess. It kind of spun into your acting. Um, what, what made you go from stage to voice? Well, mostly... Um, I was frustrated. Um, early on, um, you know, there were only so many opportunities for me um, in stage work, especially as part of the company of people at my high school, um, to act in a significant way. You know, you can do chorus parts and um, support roles and things like that, but I, I hungered for more, um, more intense, more involved opportunities. Um, and I was stymied somewhat by one the you know the the stuff available the stuff the the, the school's program is working on, mm-hmm. and two the fact that um, I'm not in in any sort of physical form the you know the classical lead actor you know I'm I'm fairly short I'm let's say about five foot six you know mm-hmm. but uh, about 140 pounds so I'm a short kind of thin guy and you know. I don't have really the look that people might associate with a leading actor, so I didn't get to do those opportunities, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided, okay, if I can, I always wanted to 
cultivate the uh, the sort of physicality talents and the makeup talents and things like that to completely transform myself to get into those kind of roles, just, mm-hmm. you know, divorced from that um, very necessary prejudice. I mean, I understand that completely. I mean, I wouldn't cast me in such and such because I don't look right, you know. But voice acting allowed me to just completely bypass all of this, you know, physical concern and say, can your voice do this? Congratulations, you're hired. Let's do it, you know. Right. Yeah, Mindy talks a, a bit about this in, in our last whip interview. Um, she has the same kind of... She doesn't look the part of a lot of roles she plays like... Yes, she, yes, she, she mentioned that she was rather tall. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, she, I have the opposite problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and if you've ever seen a picture of her, she does not look like the character she plays on Tabula Rasa with, as the grandmother. Yes, <laughs> like yeah, at all. <laughs> I, I have I have heard those lines, and uh, she is definitely not an an an, an aged black woman from the uh, from the urban from the urban areas. No, she is not. Uh, I mean, I haven't even seen a picture of her, but I know that that's not right. No, she's not. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the, you know. I wanted to bypass all that and say, come on, let me let me dig into these roles. Let me do these things. I can do them as long as you don't look at me. <laughs> so, Turn away. Turn yeah, away. well, yeah. Yeah, please. Uh, it's very much sort of family opera kind of style. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's, I, you know, I thought voice acting was the best way to go there to bypass all that. And I was able to use, for some reason, I've always had a, a, a an affinity for, you know, developing voices or accents. I'm sure you hear this from everybody who gets interviewed. Why are you doing voice acting? Well, I can do funny voices. Oh, well, of course, that makes sense. You know. Um, yeah, I've always had a kind of affinity for those things. So, I, you know, it just, it just seemed a logical step, you know. You want more opportunities. You don't want to be limited by the way you look or the way you, you, you carry yourself. You just want to use the you know, the the stuff of your talent alone, voila, there you go. So what kind of roles are you interested in? Um, whether they are something that would fit into an existing pendant show, maybe depending on how they get written in the future, or just in general? Well, I do enjoy... Um, and this, you know, fits perfectly. I do happen to enjoy playing villains. Some people don't. Some people do. I happen to be one that, you know, definitely does. Um, and, it, and unfortunately, in the company of actors that, that's available at my college, I am the go-to villain. So, I mean, <laughs> it just makes perfect sense. I, I, always, I always get all those roles. Okay, we're going to be, okay, be Richard III. Okay, you're going to be the, the racist deacon. Oh, that, that was a fun one. <laughs> um, you know, so... Uh, that's that, that's always fun for me, uh, whether or not they're human and relatable or otherwise, you know. So, you know, villains and also um, really just any character where I can just stretch compl- as far as I can out of my natural um, sort of tone and cadence and so on. You know, anything that I can just really just m- stretch my voice and make it as rubber as possible and just do these wild dialects and, um, and, and, and and pitches and just be as sort of colorful and theatrical as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think there's a, I think there's a sort of a genetic marker in me that triggers me to be a, a ham in those scenarios. So <laughs> th- those roles that are very, you know, colorful and crazy allow me to do that, you know, without, uh, you know, getting those uh, harsh emails like, stop, no, tone that down. Don't do that. So, so, of the stuff we've heard and heard from you in Pendant, what uh, what's the favorite for you role to have played so far? That is a very good question. Um, I would like to take credit for it, but that one came from uh, an anonymous pendulum. <laughs> well, anonymous, that is a very good question. <laughs> um, I think. I think I can divide that into the most fun that I've had recording a role for Pendant and sort of the most I've gotten. You know, the the one role that I got quite a bit out of, I guess, 
um, in terms of, you know, progressing in my acting technique and sensibilities and stuff like that. And just, you know, mm-hmm. how, how the most rewarding role, I guess I would say. Okay. The fun one was definitely um, playing uh, Jacques Lepin, the, the French chef in uh, these commercial messages. That was number 48. Because <laughs> that just allowed me to be as... I use that just egregious French accent, and I, I got to do my own sort of foleying with the bag of chips and stuff like that. And it was just so ridiculous. I just I remember having fun recording that one, and just I felt free to just be as as silly as I possibly could. And I think that shows in the in the recording. Yeah. yeah. So that that one was a lot of fun, um, but in terms of the most rewarding. Um, I think um, I think it would have to be tab- uh, Tabula Rasa mm-hmm. because it's such a you know you only have there's only so much text and you know so many opportunities you can have in a seminar short to assert yourself and sort of make a good impression on 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 audiences. But now that I'm a part of a a regular ongoing show, I'm able to explore the character and flesh it out and sort of grow as the, the show grows and that's very that's very helpful to me because um you know these these stage shows that I do they only last for you know we 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 rehearse for you know two or three months and then we throw the show on at the end and it's only on for about a you know weekend or two weekends and there's not really that sense of you know, rolling progression, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm I'm glad that I'm involved in Tabula Rasa and doing Ganymede because I can start to really see, dig deep into that and see truly who that character is. And it's very helpful to me because you have to think about those sort of concerns if you want to do good stage work. So, it, you know, it's, there's sort of that, it's, a, it's kind of a symbiotic relationship here. My stage um, sensibilities inform playing of the character and the more I work with the character the more I get out of it the more I can bring back to my stage work so very cool so um your being on twip this episode is it is sourced a little differently than than we've done in the past so I, I I did a little experiment and I threw up on Facebook and um onto Twitter. I didn't throw up onto Facebook and Twitter, but um, I said, you know, who who do who do pendulums want to hear about? I, and let people kind of submit not just questions for the person being interviewed, but kind of say, hey, this is the 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 people we want to hear being right. interviewed. So so you're the first one from that. And um, I want to do more of that kind of thing in the future. Um, it, it was said that you have a PhD in awesomeness. <laughs> I think that was how it was put. Yes, I I, I did read that. Um, I, I believe I responded that I only had uh, an, an, an AS in being okay or something like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's. Um, I don't know where they got that idea from. I, <laughs> I, I was actually a bit surprised when you threw the question up and said, "Okay, who do you want to be interviewed?" Because I, I thought there was just a laundry list of, you know, classic pendulums and stuff like that that needed to be interviewed. And I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll be somewhere at the end, you know, or maybe when Tabula Rasa is in its fourth season or what have you, they can come to me and say, "Okay, let's talk about Ganymede or whatever." But uh, I was just surprised that both, uh, I think Jack and Colin chirped up and said, no, no, get him on the show. I, I don't, I, I have nothing to say. I, I don't, I, just stop playing me up. <laughs> you're, you're, you're creating this, this, this terrible impression for Jordan. He's going to be like, wow, this is going to be the most um, well-spoken, uh, you know, uh, illuminating, you know, the guest I've ever had on the show. And then you get me, who has ended, I believe, three responses now with, so there you go. And, <laughs> you know, it's just this giant drop-off in, 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 in uh, joy and expectation, like, oh, uh, this is not as good as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we, we talked a little while before we, we started recording, so I definitely have enjoyed having you 
in in the hot seat, so to speak. Um, so I'm going to pendulums. I'm going to be putting this out there again. Um, you know, who do you want to hear? Think about it, and then uh, the uh, the pennant web uh, will retweet and, and stuff so you'll be able to submit that way and get to me um maybe i'll get an opportunity to be back on the show and um, oh yeah you know and then make uh, a better less meandering interview uh, <laughs> yeah let's we'll do a we'll do-over at mulligan we'll have we'll, we'll have a mulligan is there um anything that you'd like to talk about as far as projects pendant wise that you've got burning or stuff of your own that you want to let people know about you yes sure um i i plan to do um more seminar shorts in the future of course i mean this come lightly to the blank page is in development i i i hope to get that in soon but i'm also um working on a sort of full-fledged fully fleshed out um pitch for a show um, that I, I've, I've been toying with these various ideas for, for a couple of months now and, and trying to see, you know, just through this throwing stuff and see what, you know, filters through. Um, so be, maybe be on the lookout for that soon. I mean, probably not, probably next year. I mean, I, I need to sit on this and do a lot of um, prep work and stuff, but I, I, I plan on submitting this stuff back to, back to Pendulum Headquarters and seeing if it you know, gets up there. That, and um, I'm also involved in an uh, audio drama you might have heard of um, because it's done uh, by Mr. Mark Allen Jr. Um, uh, called Mass Effect Protocol, mm -hmm. which is set, of course, in the Mass Effect video game universe. Um, I, I play Lieutenant Kern Grants on the show, um, who talks very quickly and is strangely very chipper, and uh, it's just complete. If you want a role that is completely left field of Ganymede, listen to that. Like that, that'll those will be your two extremes. Okay. You know, uh, and that's uh, current. We're recording, I believe, the third episode. And the first two are on YouTube, available at. Um, oh, uh, I believe the username is simply Mass Effect Protocol. Um, if you if, if if you went on YouTube and searched that first two. Uh, chapters are up, and uh, they, of course, uh, this is all you know. Uh, Mark's doing and the talented cast—they're—they're they're very well put together. Um, they're very listenable, and they're a lot of fun. And I'm—I'm I'm very I'm excited about doing more uh, with that project. So just you know, watch that. Keep an eye on that. Uh, it, it, I think it'll only get better. So, awesome. So, uh, just as a point of reference, since you had mentioned that you're—you've um, got a pitch brewing. Back there in in the maybe not dark but dimly lit recesses of of your mind, um, the pendant yes FAQ. There's a yeah. There's a small um, pen flashlight. Uh, <laughs> yes. The the pendant FAQ has, and this is for you and for anybody else out there who's thinking about pitching a show. Um, kind of has some information about hey, you know, if I want to do a pitch, what do I need to do? And if you go back to the first episode that I did interviews, um, when I interviewed Jeffrey, Jeffrey talks about that also during that interview. So just as a, a reference point for people to go back to. Yep, right here in the uh, the FAQ. I'm looking at it right now because I remember mm -hmm. I, I pitched uh, one or two concepts that were very um, – very thin at the time, which is why they didn't make it, obviously. But I pitched one, one or two concepts, and I, I made a point to come down here to the FAQ page and look very specifically at everything that, uh, that that Jeffrey had left, because you can't just, you know, throw stuff willy-nilly at them because they, I mean, why why would they bother? You know, you just got you you you've got to be on your game, you know. And if you do it this way, they get to it rather quickly and get you know traction on it instead of just, just sort of sitting there mm -hmm. yep and that's up there at pendantaudio.com Jason thank you for being on Twip 
Uh, yes, thank, the thank you, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you, Jack and Colin, for pushing him into the hot seat. <laughs> yes. Thank you for shoving me into the hot seat. I believe <laughs> shove is the operative word. Well, no, I, I, I helped a little. Uh, I didn't stop. I continued to be shoved, naturally. But yeah, I didn't hear a lot of no, no, don't, no. Yeah, I, yeah the, the the lady did not protest too much. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then. Thank you much. Thank you. Bye. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, April 17th, Season 1, Episode 6 of Tabula Rasa. It's a good story! Come on! Next time on Tabula Rasa, the crew of Organ C find themselves guests of a familiar face. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to our fundraising event this evening. Oh, and he's sitting here. While Ganymede's activities have caused some trouble for Keith. These little beauties are CZ-99s, semi-automatic 15-round mags, plus an extra two mags for each of you. Oh my god. No way. The parties start April 17, 2012, only at PendantAudio.com. Wouldn't get too excited, boss. It's just salad. Coming out Wednesday, April 24th, episode 41 of Genesis Avalon. Next time on Genesis Avalon, rioters threaten to tear New York City apart. What the hell is wrong with you? Is this what we do now? Is this how the city operates? Old foes join forces with new enemies. You need to continue, Calhoun. It's time to take Genesis and Exodus Avalon out of the equation. I was just in New York. I have set the stage for you. But do not underestimate them. Look, I get what you want me to do. I'm going to do it. But quit acting like I don't know how Jaina works. I will handle her. And in London, Natalie and Noir find what they've been looking for. But is it too late? Get Genesis Avalon, Episode 41, Short Drop, coming April 24th, only at PendantAudio.com. Death to the wants of future is almost done. Yay! <laughs> and that's the end of our show. That's all? That's all. And um, now our next episode of TWIP is not going to be for three weeks. Uh, there's a, like an extra sort of Wednesday in May, so we have an off week there. However, it won't just be a plain old off week because we're going to put up the complete... Macbeth. The whole thing? The whole play. So if somebody wants like the whole uninterrupted play, you, you can get it now and it'll be all five acts all together like you're watching it, you know, in a theater. But you'll in have to make your... a place where people watch things. <laughs> right. You'll have to make your own intermission. So... Oh. In any case, that will be going up on our week off, which is the first week of May. And so we will be back here on May 8th, I believe it is. Uh, no, that can't be right because no. that's a Wednesday. I should check the calendar before I say these things. After that day? May 5th. May 5th. May 5th is when the next episode of TWIP will be. Oh, okay. All right. So. We will talk to you then. We will. And so. in the meantime, you can be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com. I said you could be sure to stop by. That I just combined my old thing with the new thing. That's no good. Nicely done. Terrible. Stop by the website at PendantAudio.com. The Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. The live journal community at live... At community.livejournal.com slash pendant audio. There you go. Brain fart. 
The Twitter the feed. The Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendantweb. The Facebook at facebook.com slash pendantaudio. And the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. We will see you back here in three weeks. Yeah, you need some time off. This is Susan Bridges. And a very brain-dead Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for... Listening. Oh, listening, right. Yes. I, I honestly don't know what happened. It's like the words disappeared out of my head. Everything was blank. I was staring at the wall. Not a thought in there. Just empty. Well, everyone can rest assured that none of this will be edited out. Oh, no. <laughs>